Here on the ATTV Tea Time podcast is one half of Star One, a producer duo that started music together in 2011. They can be defined by their use of garage, Afrobeats, dancehall, grime, you name it, house, D- drum bass, DB, everything. Um, they've done it. They've also worked with some of the biggest artists from DWE to Getz to Ed Sheeran to Bugsy Malone to Craig David as well. And most recently have released a song that I think they were working on for about four years. But we'll get into that. So welcome, Adam. Yo, welcome. Intro. Oh, thank you. I did my research. I can see, I can see. So you started music. Yeah. We need to talk about the relationship actually between you and your brother because you started music in 2011. But we didn't do it a lot before that. Okay. That was, that was like the official. No, that was the time. 2011, it was Christmas. I in, And I, I emailed him. You emailed your brother? Yeah, because I, I didn't even say, I couldn't say it for some reason. But I was like, do you want to do something together? Because the thing is, I've always been DJing. He'd been producing, he'd been rapping. So we'd already been like doing stuff. But this was like, I was like, can we do something together, you and me? Oh, wow. Okay, so talk to me about the relationship before before you actually started music we properly. Don't each other, that's it, we don't talk. You don't no, talk? <laughs> no, What's no, the age difference? Three and a half years. He's a little bit older, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So, no, no. But yeah, it's a, he, he'd been rapping and all that stuff and I've been DJing, but it was like, basically, it was, a, it was like a light bulb moment. We, I kind of finished uni and it was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, okay, I want to be a DJ, but I'm clocking that. To DJ, you've got to produce because most of the people who get in the big money bookings and make are, are producers, but I didn't okay. to produce, but Joe did. So I was like, can we do this together? That's how it started. It started as a me as a DJ, him producing, and then the roles just kind of like just merged over the Just merged together. So decade. did you kind of teach him how to DJ and he teach you how to produce? Did you kind of share knowledge? Well, yes and no, because but he will tell me, he'll tell you if he was here that uh, he taught me how to DJ, which is semi-true because he did have decks before me. Okay. So he, he had the decks, but he didn't let me use them. <laughs> really? So I used to sneak up into his room and he'd have like a vinyl one and like a certain position and I'd like memorise where the position was. Then I'd do a set while he was away. Oh and my put goodness. it back on the same position so you never know. That is a t- very difficult brother, yeah. like brother brother relationship, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Using so yeah, things. but then after that, yeah, he definitely he definitely taught me basically everything I know about production. Amazing. So you and sent the email. Yeah. And then was he like, Yep, let's <laughs> really yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was nervous to ask him. I just mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now it feels stupid, but at, at that point it felt like I was like, oh, I'm just gonna email him instead of like calling him. Amazing. So what was one of the first things you made together? <laughs> <laughs> I really The first thing we ever made together was a I don't even know if I want to say this, it was a remix. Did you ever a cartoon or animation called Raster Mouse? Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a remix, a drum based remix of the Raster Mouse theme tune. Oh my goodness. And it got played on Radio One. And what? And then the second thing we made was a remix of uh Jamie Woon Lady Luck. Great track, by the way. Anyway, we, so we did those two. The first thing we ever did got played by on Radio One, and like got like I don't know, maybe like two hundred thousand views on YouTube. The second one we did, Jamie uh, Rune remix. It just like took off in Ibiza, had like half a million views on YouTube. So at this point, we wow. thought music was easy. I was like, well, first two tracks <laughs> nearly got a million views combined, and like you know, then we started putting out solo music, and it got a lot harder. Oh but really? Those are the first two things that we did. Okay, ama- yeah. amazing. Okay, so I'm interested that remix started popping off more than is it's harder because they've got the names attached to it, I guess. So is it is th- that what makes it easier? Yeah, and it's weird now because it's like kind of like a full circle thing because it's like we're doing the same thing just now on TikTok with remixes yeah. that we were doing 12 years ago. So yeah, I think because obviously you, 
the Rastamouth thing, everyone knew it, but because <laughs> it was drawn bass, it was funny. Yeah. Like, it was just like, like that's jokes. And I think, yeah, when you remixing stuff, obviously you're just like taking something, you know, everything's an idea or something else you're stealing. But because you already know that yeah. and you're, just, you're putting your style on it, 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 it it's easier to get views. So mm. I, mean, I, I still find that with TikTok now. Sometimes I put like solo music and no one cares. As soon as I start flipping big tracks that people are like, oh, oh we know that. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to hear what, You've done with that. Yeah. So I want to hear the full version sort exactly, of thing. Exactly, yeah. So obviously putting out music is is hard as, as much as it is. But also I guess working in the music industry and dealing with the music industry can be very difficult. Mm. How is that working with your brother? Do you feel like you've got somebody that's kind of got your back? Is it quite a nicer experience of work? Yeah, I mean, my, my motto in general is like, love music, hate the industry. Like, fuck the industry, man. It's a, it's a horrible place. And it's just like, yeah. if it, it should just be demolished and rebuilt from scratch, I feel. Um, but yeah, and then the third, the, there's we star dot one officially, and the dot is my manager. So he is in the music industry. He's an A and R at um, O two O Seven Def Jam, and he's just like basically when I finished, I went to uni with him. So yeah. when he finished, when we both finished uni, he was like, oh, I want to be a manager. So why don't I manage you? So he was managing me before even Star Wars was invented, because when we got my brother in, mm. involved. So and he, seeing his rise through the music industry, because he was started kind of nowhere did like 20 internships and worked at every label jumping wow. jumping jumping ma different management people so he's it's always been good to have him as like the connection in the industry world mm -hmm. so that we don't have to deal with that but then yeah obviously with my, me and my brother it's just like we yeah we're only going to do, do what's good for us and obviously we will argue because we argue <laughs> if it wasn't about music it'd be about something else so we, de we do argue but with that between that three we we know that we've got each other's back and it's not you know, because sometimes when you get a manager, they're not going to work for you unless you're making the money or whatever it yeah. is. But like, say, our manager, it's more of a thing where it's just like, we're going to do this to the end. So it's like, nah. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. We're gonna, the ups and downs are going to come. So it's, it's it's just what it is. And he's still your manager now? Yeah. yeah. And now he works for Def yeah. Jam. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's like full circle Yeah, and no, it'd be good to get him on a podcast at some point because in a way, <laughs> his success is kind of also tied to Star One because he was pushing Star One so much but like six, seven years ago that I think people were just like, this guy is non-stop. <laughs> so if we give, like... No, He's like your stage mum. Yeah. So it, uh, I think they were like, if we give him an act who's not actually popping, then... Because oh. he was managing other acts. They give, so they, they, he became another manager and started managing other people like um, DJ Spoonie, who does this thing called Garage Classical and you know, now's on Radio 2. So he was, he was his manager for a while. So I think because he was banging so hard about Star 1, they're like, well, they're not popping yet, but you're banging it so hard <laughs> that if you do that, we can give you to other people and you'll make it work. So oh, wow. the success is kind of like tied together in a way. Yeah. So we used to do mad things. We used to like run up in his building because he had like a new music email get the whole database and just send our music to everyone on that new music database. And wow. Like so we just used to do funny stuff like that. So have you ever been signed? Yeah, Star three one? times. Three times. Yeah, I can tell okay. you about Yeah, tell me about this. Um, uh, yeah, so I've had first one, 2015, um, and it was to RCA. We yeah. got signed for a one-track deal. I don't even think we got any money. But what we What we got was like, money to market the track. So pretty shit deal, to be honest. So, but... Um, it was cool though. It was a drum and bass track. I'd written, we'd written it with a guy called Takura, who I met at Visions. And Visions is like, was a, the, the clubbing spot for like three years where everyone used to get together and there was a, a guy called Takura who's a songwriter and he was like, I can give you a hit. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And he wrote this track. It was amazing and it had like a space and then we went and got a guy called Assassin, Agent Sasko from Jamaica on it. And that's basically what the money from the label went to. And then like, we put it out 
independently first, and it, it got onto one extra and all this stuff. And so the guy's like, "Yeah, let's let's just sign it." Oh, wow. um, but then that A and I got fired. So after that track, we did quite well. Um, we just left. You're left signed to a label with no one to like anchor it. So yeah. the, the other people were like, we don't you know who Star One are. He he did, but he's not on the label anymore. So we left that deal. Wow. And then we got signed to another label called Freebeat, which are a great label. And you know they signed like I think they're like probably. I love how they, they sound like Skepta, that's not me. They had Skepta up until that point where he kind of blew. Blue, okay. Um, so, and then did like, did like two or three tracks with them and it didn't quite work, but I loved them. I loved their vision. Um, and then most recently we were signed to Positiva, which is like a dance label of Virgin EMI. We put out two or three tracks, but it didn't quite work. No. Um, but even like now, like, oh, I suppose you've got four deals. We did the track out now with Bugsy and Blinky. That signed was like Sony. Well, that's like a one-off. That's not really like us being signed. No. So yeah, but I, we do be independent, and I would never like fuck the labels. They're there for a reason, and some artists need them. But what I managed to do over the ten, twelve years is like learn what they do, and like some kind sometimes just do that myself. Because yeah, I was gonna say, what is like for you personally? Yeah. Do you find being independent is just is just easier for you than doing these one-off sign tracks? Yes and no. I mean, what what they're gonna. <sighs> Because, okay, so I'm going to go back a bit. Because I was like, okay, I want to be a DJ. Okay, I've got to learn how to produce. And then obviously you're a producer and you're an artist and all these things. And you're popping. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, but to, to be successful, you need to be like on social media and doing things. I don't do really social media. It's not really, like, you're amazing at it. Like, <laughs> your social, like you are literally probably the most entertaining social media person I have. I, I have. Don't right? gas me. <laughs> so it comes natural. It's because you're on close friends. <laughs> yeah, it, it's natural to you, right? It's yeah. not, none of social media comes natural to me. So... Mm. I had to learn it and I had to like create this like persona or whatever it is and do all these things. Okay. Um, but then now, all labels are doing now is like, oh, I'll market a track, go on TikTok. Like, so you're kind of yeah. doing their job for them in a way in terms of like marketing. So, but they do have money. Labels have money. So they can pump money into, even if that's putting their money on the TikToks or PR. Radio it's like men. billboards and things like that when you see people's tracks on billboards it's and like, stuff. Like yeah. stuff does cost money like videos like even like mm. cost you 20 grand or whatever like as an independent one you you put tracks out but you've got to be very smart with your money and how you're going to use it where labels just be like okay we've got a 50 grand market budget wherever it is go yeah and just throw it out so you've got a bigger chance of success and you, you know you have one person who's working your streaming side and all this stuff but then there's distributors yeah so like ditto and Orchard and always places which kind of basically act like labels now and can give you some of those label services but without that complete major influx of money so it's completely different to different artists so, so us personally because we're like a producer we sometimes live and die from our features so say if I need to get, get Bugsy Malone on a track or whatever their yeah. feature fees are high so I can't pay that all myself Yeah, you need a label sometimes right. but if you have a track that's just popping off and it's just star one I now probably know how to market it where I can maybe do it independently so it's like, yeah, there's, I, I, I'm never like, yeah, stay independent, fuck labels, but, no. I'm never, but I'm not like a big fan of labels either. I just think everyone has their time and place. But like the whole system of like, oh, we're going to just take 80% of all your work and keep that. I think that's wrong. I think it should be a fairer split. But Yeah, because I was watching something not long ago with Ray and she was talking about songwriting. And basically she said with the songwriting that the songwriters actually don't get paid anything. I think. To so an extent? I think the songwriters are the most fucked over people in the music industry, personally. I can't most. believe that. I'm because shocked. I think, it's a, I think maybe it's the same clip when she's talking about, like, I've been in a room with people who've written Billboard top 10 hits yeah. and can't pay their rent. Yes. 
it's mad because okay so let me make, so for producers say you say a track gets made right as a producer i'm gonna say there's an artist and a producer and um a songwriter in a room yeah. right so and you you have one day and you make an amazing track then the label's like okay we want to pick this up so but first thing that's going to happen is the artist is going to get paid that their advance or whatever mm-hmm. so they get their money the producer you're going to be like okay what's your producer fee you're going to get your money songwriters get in there's nothing there's none of that there's nothing left there's nothing there's not even nothing left it's just like the protocol of how music works is okay yeah artist gets paid in advance producer gets paid his producer fee there's nothing for a songwriter so wow the songwriter only gets paid if that track gets released which might take six months a year two years three years four years and then the the um publishing starts paying out it gets played on radio then then six that takes about another six months from prs to filter through so you could be waiting for yeah, I, th- I can't remember the artist, but he said he wrote. I think it's that guy who had that massive hit. Oh, the name will come to me. And he's like, "Oh, I wrote this track for Usher." And two years on, I was like, "Oh, well, I've written a track for Usher. I've made it." Then two years on, I made like seven grand, and I was like, "Well, I was doing it myself." You know yeah. what I mean? Because not two two years to seven grand, grand. for uh, one of the biggest artists in the world. It's not wow. making sense. So, yeah, songwriters normally they get a publishing deal, and then they get like a here's 100 grand that's meant to last you like five years it's it's not and then you get a cut so you can get that that investment but it's songwriters i think are the most fucked over people in the music industry that is insane yeah so in terms of djing producing mm-hmm. and you being like okay i need to be a producer mm. what what is the connection there and what what is the difference i like obviously i know but just for people that are listening yeah what is the difference okay so a producer is a person who any music you hear makes the tracks, makes the beats. So you're a singer, you've got like a nice melody, la 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 la. I'm putting the beats behind that. And as a producer, that's what you're doing. You know, you're adding the drums, you're adding the melodies, or you're working with a, a, a team to do that. See, personally, I don't play any instruments, so I might, I might get a team of like, Jay, put some keys in this, da, 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 but I'm still the producer because I'm still like controlling it. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's what a producer does. They make the tracks. DJs just play music. That's all you do. So it's like, it's a skill, but it's, like, hmm, I wouldn't say less of a skill. That's a bit of a part of DJ. So I guess you, DJ is hard. you can produce and then DJ your own productions. Well, that's what I mean. That's, that's, so that's where the merge comes now and people right. don't understand because the biggest DJs in the world are the biggest producers in the world now. Your David Guetta's, your Tiesto's, your James Hype's, all those kind of people. So it, it becomes a merge. Where it's, so it's very hard now. It's very rare, actually, in fact, for... That's why I always say the best DJs, the best DJs, aren't actually the biggest DJs. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Because mm. most times, you know, if you're like, you know, if you you have a if you have a skill and you work that, you can work your way up and be the biggest. In DJing, it's not like that. Because I could be the, you could be the best DJ. You know, to scratch, you mix impeccably. You no, know, your music knowledge is 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 so broad. You can take out tracks from everywhere. And but it doesn't matter. You're still going to be stuck on this like two hundred pound, three hundred pound limit to your bookings whereas the people who like because but if you produce one track and everyone knows that track and they come to see you for that track oh of course then they're gonna you're gonna get the money in so yeah. I mean? but it's hard to make build like a big following I, there's some people who've done it like people who are blown up from like boiler rooms say like jotty for example yeah she blows up has a boiler room moment and she can go and make a career of that and and, and compete on that level but mainly it's just if you look at like the top djs in the world you might have a carl cox in there or something but it's producers so that's where the merge, where people don't understand it, comes from because they think it's the same thing. But DJs play music, producers make music. In, I like that. I like that. So with your kit, what was your first ever piece of kit? Uh, my first ever piece of kit was um, to Stanton 
uh, vinyl turntables. Vinyl, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old school. I'm old. Like, so, yeah, vinyl. So, I, I used to mix up. Yeah. So, it, in fact, like, the the difference, uh, the the evolution of DJing that I've seen in my lifetime is actually insane. So, my first gigs, I used to have to, like, have this huge bag of vinyl and carry it through. And, like, you know, it break, not break your back, but, okay, actually, let me go back. Because my dad was DJing. He was, like, he used to take his whole sound system. So oh, like, even the the speakers? The, yeah, like. And a van. So if you go to a party, you've got to, take, you've got to have a van, you've got to take everything up, you've got to set up, like, to have all your records. It's a lot. So fast forward to where, where I come in, like, yeah, I have a big bag of vinyl, I take them, I might have to take the decks, or I might have decks there, cool, you play them. And then it goes to um, CDs. So then you just have to, like, have a big bag of CDs and you have to burn all the CDs all the time, have to burn two, then make sure you have, so you've got all the CDs. Then it just came laptop. Okay, just turn my laptop back, all in. And then now it's just, I've got my DJ stuff from me in my pocket right now, because it's USB. Wow. So it's like that change <laughs> in my lifetime, and I'm not that old, is like, it's kind of crazy. So that mm. was my first one, and now it's just rolling the USB and you're good. Well, I was going to say, what is your, f- could you still like do vinyl if you, if you, I, it would take me a little bit of, t- it's been a few <laughs> years, but yeah, I, I, that's what I learned. Yeah. So, and I think that grounding of that is where it was, because obviously now, no offense, DJing is with the technology, DJing is quite easy. I, could t- I, I always say to anyone, I can teach anyone to DJ. It's like driving a car. Like, it's, you might not get it at the start, but, you're gonna get it. There is there is quite an influx of DJs in London. Fuck, loads. <laughs> like Too I've, many. I've noticed as well. Like I don't know if you tell me if this is right statement, but you know I have people and friends that are DJs, and they said like you know the, they're getting less for their bookings. Oh yeah. Because the the market is so oversaturated. So oversaturated. But is it, be- it because you know part of me was like I thought about it once and I was like oh god it just seems a bit hard. But actually, it can't be that hard if every everyone and their mum is doing it. It's not that like, yeah. Because, so, so it's hard to be a good one, maybe because I think what what separates people as well, like you said, is your wealth of music knowledge. Mm. Like if you're just remixing the typical, but if you go and see a DJ that's remixing things of where you used to hear it in your mum's kitchen when you were like eight, you're like, oh my goodness, nostalgia or something like that. So this is this is the thing with with, with DJing. So it's, it's one that the technology has become so good that it kind of like basically does it for you. So basically, what, what used to be what used to be really hard about DJing is like beat matching. So like getting one track, you don't know you don't know what BPM is, and having another track and making those two fit. It's like a train, like two trains are dr- driving at certain different speeds, and you've got to get them to exactly the same time, going at the same time. You, you control how how fast they're going. I think that analogy makes sense. Yeah. But now, with the technology, so that used to be, that's a skill. That took me months, possibly years to master. With new CD decks, it does it for you. You you put a t- track on, I load up a track, it'll be like, this is 102 BPM. It'll be like, this is, a, this is 104 BPM. I press a button, and it automatically goes. I just got to press play at the right time, and that's it. It's in. So <sighs> anyone can do that. I can teach you to do that in 15 minutes. So that's one thing. That skill of what was really a skill is not a skill anymore. And then the second thing is like, access to music so the thing of what made djs djs because when i started out you basically music wasn't as, as accessible as it is so you'd be like, taping stuff off the radio you hear a track you had to tape off the radio you want to play that again you're making mixtapes so now you can you can put it off the phone and play any song in the world right or you can download any song in the world djs used to have to go to record stores listen blind to all this new music that's come in decide oh that's good that will work in the club that will work yeah I think this is gonna, I'm going to try this one buy that music for probably one one song would cost you about £6 <laughs> roughly yeah. £7 a whole vi- an album will cost you 15 
to the amount of money you're spending. I don't, I don't understand how I did it as a teenager <laughs> because I have a lot of vinyl and I'm like, that's what. I, so, but now you could, we could go, uh, okay, let's spend one hour. We're going to go to someone's like playlist, which is probably recorded. It's online somewhere. We can go on Boiler Room. We can download all of those songs. We could recreate that set within an hour and like practice it. It's, it's so easy. Yeah. Whereas DJs used to have like, you had to be a complete music lover to do it. And now it, it can be more, you could be like, oh, I've got a bit of like, fame or like some kind of clout yeah. i know promoters or whatever it is let's cash in yeah and then this, and, that, and that's why you get this influx of like celeb djs or well, influencer djs influencer like DJs. you have people you know that was on the circle or on love island that now do dj in it's good money oh yeah you would get three grand to come do this little night okay yeah why not? for a couple of hours yeah easy or like yeah anyone like yeah i, I see like this one i'm like why are you deep? Like, but like I say, yeah, they, they can do it, and mm-hmm. they're not bad. But this no. issue, there's so many average DJs, in, especially in London, so many average DJs playing the same set and the same songs and the same okay mixing. Yeah, that's where I'm just. I, I personally try to like, you know, if you if you've come to one of my sets, hopefully it's like I've been to oh, one of your sets. That's good. Really okay. good. Really good. That's yeah. So this kind of follows on into my next thing, which is the best way to promote yourself as a DJ. Like, you've really racked up the views on TikTok and everything you're doing on TikTok is so different. So what promoted that? Like, what did you think, oh, do you know what? I just need to start doing TikTok. Is it just more creative freedom? Like, you can release whatever you want. I, that is 100% it. I love TikTok. I love it. <laughs> what an app. Thank God. Thank God t- t- TikTok has given, like, our career a second lease of life. Really? Because yeah. Because lo- I started using it in lockdown. And my brother always says this. He's like, oh, it's like, it's funny because he's not actually on social media. He doesn't have the apps. I mean, he's not over there. <laughs> he doesn't have the apps. He does exist, guys. I've he met him. He does exist. He doesn't talk that much. But he, he actually said he's going to talk more. Yay! He's going to talk more. He came to an interview yesterday. He shut up. Um, oh, he comes to that one, but not to mine. <laughs> uh, well, he's just, but it's, well, he's a personal chat, you know? Yeah. I didn't wait. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what was I say? What's the question? All oh, right. So TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I started using it in lockdown. Just jumped on it. Cause, and then I, but I was like, okay, what would I want to... Because obviously when you go on there or the people just thought back in back then it was just like dancing and yeah. silly stuff so i was like i didn't see that much music stuff happening there but i was like so what would i want to see on here so i started doing like black music history videos because i had like a conversation where someone didn't know that they call like what they called house oons oons white music and i was like i get why you're saying that but like it's made by black people in chicago like it's like we could i wanted to reclaim it in a way yeah. it's like why has it gone so far and on, onto that so i started doing that I thought that was cool. And then I started, you know, putting my DJ clips up and then I started putting the production stuff up. But at that point, there wasn't that much people on there. So I think, not to say I'm an innovator, but like, because I was early on it, yeah. I got a bit of a following and like, the TikTok people, like, I remember the head of music of TikTok was like, we did some interviews, like, you're actually one of my favourite TikTok accounts. What? And I was like, what? That's like, huge. Do you know what I mean? I mean yeah. cool. But then, we, so then, the Ed Sheeran thing moment, I started getting a few moments. I have the Beyonce remix blew up. Then the Ed Sheeran thing blew up. Ed Sheeran, you know, I got a whole release. Yeah, we need to talk about this quickly. So you made a remix just because yeah. you remix a lot of songs, current and old school. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran saw it yeah. on TikTok and basically, like, what is the word? Uh, duetted it. Duetted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is sick. And then that was amazing because I was just like, we did the remix and then like someone like messaged me like, oh, he was like, who's in the industry? He was like, this is cool. I'm going to send it to like the team. I was like, okay. okay. And then next thing I know, he duetted it. And then like, the ne- then the next day after that, Greg James played the TikTok 
Not like hey, that's for TikTok yes. audio on Radio One twice. <laughs> and then there was this all I was like, what is going on? Jeremy, you play a TikTok on the biggest, most listened to like radio show in the country. So I was like, TikTok is amazing. Yeah. Because it's like the speeds and like the eyeballs. You can't, you're not getting it anywhere else. And also Instagram's so dead. It's so showy. And it's yeah. like this. I just love the freedom. Like my friends are on TikTok. So I can put up anything. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, what my friend's going to see if they see that. You can be no. funny. You can be silly, whatever. Entertain, make someone laugh or show them something new. That's what I think on TikTok. If you do one of those three things, you're going to, you're going to go. So yeah. And then and the release happened from it. So I loved it. And then TikTok asked me to be their DJ from their new show that they formed. So I was like, all these things have started happening from TikTok. So now I just focus on it. That's the way to do it. And you also do things like, cause, because you you have this wealth of knowledge and this wealth of music, you also do things of like, oh, songs you might not have heard of. Yeah. I love that. That's, you've got almost like different series that you do on your TikToks. Yeah. I just think work so well for you. Different, like, again, it's just like, okay, so this is like a station. It's like, well, what different channels or shows are we going to like post? So I think it's like, I do have loads of ideas, but. Oh, and you might know it and people know it the cons- this consistency is so hard because you have an idea like that songs you might have heard of that's a great idea but I stopped the last couple of months I haven't been able to do it that much just because I've been doing other stuff like it's it's yeah. so hard to keep consistent because it's like I can do it sometimes I'm like okay this week I'm just going to bang out content and then you can get really on it but then other times you just don't feel like putting a camera on your face well I don't <laughs> on your face and, like, and doing it that's why you, are, you do it <laughs> I mean, yeah, let me just, I mean, I am on TikTok. I do, I'm starting to do more real life things on there though. So in terms of collaborations, obviously like you've worked with grime artists, you've worked with obviously, well, technically I think you've worked with Ed Sheeran, that is working with Ed Sheeran essentially, Um, Craig David. These collabs, like how do they come about? Do they hear from you? Do you send it to them or is it just a mixture? Everything is so random. Everything (laughs) is so random. Like there's no, I mean, the Craig David one, for example, with one one was a remix, so you just get sent the stems and it's fine. The other track was with Big Nasty um, and and Craig David. So we had got in the studio with Big Nasty, played him a beat, he loved it. He put two verses down. Joe took it home. He was like, "I think it needs a chorus. I'm gonna like demo a chorus and things of what it kind of like should be like, and then like we can go get someone on it." So he demoed this chorus. Big Nasty heard it and was like, "I want no, I don't want something like that. I want that." Oh wow! And we're like. Okay, he's like, Joe's at least seven, back in like eight <laughs> years. He's like, that, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I want that. He's like, okay. So that goes out. And then he's like, yo, can you send that beat? I'm in the studio with Craig David. And we're like, what? And then like, then Craig David is like ad-libbing on Joe. It's so What? Funny. So it's actually Joe's voice? Yeah, Joe's voice on there. Then Craig's on there doing another part of it. And then he's like, Joe, the chorus, he's like, Da-da-da. I was just like, how are you singing with Craig David right now? This is so that, do you know what I mean? I haven't met Craig David. I oh, know I met him once in like a, an IV for or something, but that we, those sessions didn't happen. Or like, yeah, it was just that like we sent the beat. Big Nasty was the, the kind of like go between between like, on that one, and then the other one was like a remix. So that, but that sometimes you get in the studio, say with Gets, he came down, ladies verse, so professional. P Money, you do that a lot. Get in the studio. Other people, you just send it out, and they got their own studios. They just send it, send it back to you. So it's just like it completely changes. I'm not sure what artist it was, but didn't you have a track released recently that you made four years ago? Yeah. So tell me about this. So One Asen. One Asen. Love One Asen. So yeah, four years ago, One Asen was like, you know, kind of blowing up. And I was like, this guy's so sick. I'd love to get him on some like different kind of beats from what he's doing at the moment. Because at that moment, like, the Afro swing thing was very in. I was like, if we could just like do something a little bit with that kind of vibe, but maybe a little bit garagey or whatever. Anyway, so we made about, Three beats for him. I think it was three beats. Um, 
phone me like, so I said, wrote some emails like, hey, we're Star One, we do this, do this, lovely stuff, blah, 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 blah. Looking back at it, it's a bit cringy email. <laughs> um, and then, so I sent us like, these, so I made these beats specifically, like sending out free links, and I was like, but here's another a, a beat pack as well. And we always do that, send out beat packs all the time. Didn't get back, cool, just, yeah, he does his thing. And then literally in February, he replied to that email, I was like, yo, guys, no, it's been three years, it was four, four <laughs> three months, three years and 10 months. And, um, uh-huh. but, I've got a banger to one of these tracks. Like, I was like, is it still available or something? I was just like, what? Yeah, listen back to the beat. I was like, all right. It's, it's called OA UKG. So it's one ace in UKG. So yeah, we made it for him. And, and then he, got, he sent us like a video. It was him, Jeremy in the studio vibing out to it. And then, yeah. And then he's like, cool. He sent us the stems. We sent him the stems. Got it mixed. And then now it's out in the world. It's on his mixtape. First track of his mixtape. He just shot the video through it. The video's coming out. Depending on when this is, it might be already out by the time yeah. this podcast called Are You Tired featuring yeah Murky Ace and Jeremy oh wow just like that just happened like that it's a weird one because within that time obviously I think it, it, sometimes you question yourself mm. like good enough are these beats good enough or why are people not jumping on but sometimes it's just like it's timing isn't it it's timing because that's yeah four years ago we were good enough to get it this beat in 2023 so it's like you just got to have that confidence and like self belief and patience obviously because it, it can yeah. take a long time even the track we got out now with Bugsy that that, that we started that in lockdown. What? Yeah, Bingy decided in lockdown. Sent it to us. It's taken t- two years, about two years to get that over the line. And then, so within them two years, you don't make any money from it, like nothing. No, no. no. So that's like the producer side of it, but you also get DJ and residencies, right? So you did a residency at XOYO with Mike Skinner. Well, Mike had a Mike had a residency. Mike had a residency, so he had like a month long thing, but. I don't... I, and he brought you in. Mike, I don't know. <laughs> listen, I, when did we meet Mike? We met Mike at like a Brutongo, which is like a thing with like Merc, like a club night. And for some reason, he loves us and obviously we love him. And he's, he's just given us, again, he's with the same agent for us. We just did all the same bookings. Okay. In our host, he was hosting for us and then he started, because we'd be like, star one, then Mike Skinner. So now he most hosts, hosts Mike Skinner. It's just a family affair now. Yeah. So for that, he was like, oh, there's like an all night there's one night which is going to be all night Mike Skinner, but I just want to do it with you. So then we just, me and Mike just went, I just like went back to back just all night long. It was very funny because I had some friends from school and they're like, I can't believe you're there with Mike Skinner. Like, cause like, I came. Oh yeah. I came. Great, <laughs> and I was like, literally like, right, like kind of like to the side of the decks and was like, I can't believe Mike Skinner's there. It was, just, <laughs> like, it was a great night. It was a great night and it was so good. I think I that was the first time I'd seen you prop, like properly live, mm. I think. And I was just like, you know, I know you're talented, but I was literally overwhelmed. Aww. I was literally like, this is just, it's different DJing mm. than what you see when you go to, no offense, Box Park. Or like places like that. Do you know what I mean? I know you DJ at Box Park as well, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it was just a different level. It felt like a real club night, a real atmosphere, just like so, something totally different. Thank you. That's, that's what I take pride in. Like, yeah, that's what I try to give. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to do it with Mike, it's just amazing. Like, that, yeah, sometimes like, now it feels normal because I'm like, oh yeah, Mike. Yeah. But like, sometimes I'm like, that's Mike Skinner. Yeah, used to listen to growing up and like he, yeah. So like those, those having like the stamp of approval from Mike was amazing, and also from Ed because when you're talking about that that remix, whatever numbers it did is is kind of whatever. Like having a stamp of approval from the biggest artist in the world, they like you're sick, was just amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. for confidence, because now yeah, you you just walk different. Like oh, I am meant to be. I here. am. Yeah. yeah, it kind of almost it validates, doesn't it? As yeah. well, like and also all the hard work you've put in all, over the years. It's like this is why we do it for this moment. Exactly. So do you have, like, what does it feel like? Do you, do you have a I made it moment? 
Have you had one of those? Do you ever get them? Like, is that a thing? Or is it just like, it's every project is like you take pride in and you take something from it? I think, yeah. I think the music is always going to be ups and downs. So like, I don't know. I, I still don't think I've made it. I think when I have a top, for some reason, like having a top 40 is just on my list. I think when I have a top 40, I'll just be happy and then anything else is anything else. I mean, we're incredibly lucky that I call music our profession because that is actually such a hard thing to do to just like make a living off music. Yeah. Um, and like, I think as you were saying, like with DJ residencies and like, you know, producers and all that stuff, like having the DJing side is a blessing because you can just go and do gigs and get, get get that money in. And then obviously we, we, we also, also do a lot of music for adverts. So I don't know, okay. IKEA advert a few years ago, we were talking, yeah. that was us with D-Double, we won an award for that. And that is actually mm-hmm. where a lot of money is. And no one really talks about that, but like for the us, that's probably like our main like income. It's like that's a solid thing, and then it allows us to go make whatever music you're doing. Because what I see with a lot of producers and a lot of artists, they're like in the studio and they're like, "Gotta make a hit." Yeah. Well, the, the pressure to go in, like we all get into music because we love music and just want to have fun and and do it. But like, when you go in, like, "Gotta make a hit," like that's I've been there, had that, and that when I was with, probably with Positiva in lockdown, you're trying to make happy, happy dancing music to have a hit, but you're sat in your house and not feeling that happy like yeah. it's not good now I just we just go into sessions and be like talk what do you want to do and then there's like okay let's make a track about what you said about that random thing because it's just like so much fun yeah. you know? and if you're not having fun with it it's long so to t- that we've been able to like make music say make music for adverts and get like that kind of like money and then go into studio sessions and not have this pressure of like gotta make this track has to make money is like it's quite freeing and that's, cause that's the thing where you say made it it's just like Making music is is, is is the making it. Yeah. And then obviously you've got to pay bills and do all this other kind of stuff. But to just, you know, come in and do this as a job, you know, this is a Friday and we're just sitting here like, you know, people could work. I, I you know. That's when so you know. I'm thankful. For yeah. Grateful, so, you know. Um, it, but so, yeah, no, 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 like I made it thing, but the, the, the validation is, is sometimes needed because when you have doubt, it can be like crippling. Not crippling, but like, like should, I, should I be in this? Should I be looking for a plan B? But. There's no real plan B. So. Is there any artists that you still are yet to collab with, like that you want to collab with? Have you got any names in the hat that you're like, oh, it's got to be these, got to be these, or it's not, or I'd like to? Yeah, I mean, the, the I like to thing is like, we're, we're telling this other day, is like, I feel like with UK Garage, and that's kind of what we're focusing on now in the moment, I think it's going to have a real moment internationally. I think you, what you're seeing with like Pink Pantherist and I Spice, I was like, you've basically got this kind of like UK Garage slash Jersey Club track in the billboard charts so I was thinking I was like we shouldn't limit ourselves to like we, I think it'll be a worldwide thing I think we'd be able to actually do it with anyone so yeah, if you want if Ed Sheeran wants to do, do an original track that'd be great what about like why not Justin Bieber why not yes. Stormzy why not like anyone you can think of like why not why I'm not? not to like limit it to, to whatever but because like you know in the UK we've, we've hit most of the people not most yeah there's still there's always people there's coming a, through yeah. but like of us legacy artists you know you we work with Stormzy, we work with Get, so it's like we work with P Money. So then, yeah, it's like where to take it next and just keep working with the artists who are coming up because obviously that's exciting. It feels exciting when you get those new artists mm. and, just, and just take it worldwide because, yeah, why not? And you've got an event coming up soon with P Money. What is this? Yeah, yeah, this is, this is P Money's mixtape launch, Money Over Everyone for, um, and he's been uh, nice enough to invite us down to play at Fabric for his, for his, um, that launch night which is going to be an amazing night I haven't played at Fabric for so many years that is not probably our favourite club yeah so I love Fabric system. yeah it's great so July oh shit 7th is it 
I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like it's early July. That's why I wanted to say it because I was like, this will be out by then. So yeah, yeah, promote it. Give it a little promote. Yeah, Where yeah. can we find you on socials? Everything is at Star One UK. S-T-A-R-O-N-E UK. Yeah, so TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, everything. And if you were to give someone advice that wants to get into the industry, DJing, producing, do you have any advice for them? Um, DJing, producing, I, I got... Yeah, I've got a few. <laughs> just like some <laughs> overall... Yes, yeah, Production-wise, it's like, actually, YouTube is your just god. Like, you can learn everything on YouTube. You don't even have to go to uni. If, like, if you're like an 18-year-old, you're like, do you know what? I want to be a music producer. Don't go to uni. Just go to the University of YouTube and just spend four or five hours on that every day. You can you can do it. Like, it, all the knowledge is there. Um, I remember DJing-wise, it's like, be different. Because, like I say, there's so many average DJs playing the same stuff. So what's going to make you different is it the music you play is going to be different is it the skill set you're going to do it how are you going to approach it in a different way because we don't need any more mediocre djs so just like preach I'm happy to, yeah <laughs> preach okay cool thank you girl. no thanks for coming on i'm also coming to fabric by the way yeah, yeah, like course. invite me i'm coming but yeah no thanks for coming on no, i think good. yeah Pleasure.